welcome back to TGIF with Courtney. I'm your host, Courtney Stone, and today I have a very special guest, Adam Locke. Adam, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coordinating with Adam. Big shout out to him on this platform. We love him so much over here. Um, but yeah, if you don't mind, Adam, we're just going to jump right in. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your story? How did you get to where you are today? And where are you today? Um, well, I mean, obviously, we both know Adam and Adam's a great guy. So appreciate, appreciate the uh, offer to come talk with you. Um, so I operate uh, Cloudfire Capital. Uh, we're a Bitcoin focused company. So we do everything everything and anything you can think of Bitcoin related. Uh, we have an on-site Bitcoin mining operation. Uh, and then we also maintain oversight of CFC Bitcoin Fund, which is a private investment fund that specializes in investing in digital assets. Um, we don't do anything with proxy Bitcoin vehicles. We do all, you know, like traditional spot Bitcoin and other digital assets. So we essentially, uh, on top of mining, we essentially, you know, invest in Bitcoin and then maintain custody of that Bitcoin for our investors. Uh, it's a pooled investment vehicle. We have been in operation. We started seeking the fund in late 2019. So this is like the end of our second year. Um, Obviously, 2020 was like cruise control. It was like straight up. And then 2021 was a little bit more volatile, um, you know, with kind of the the May to July drawdown we saw in digital assets. And then, you know, I think everybody was expecting a phenomenal quarter four this year and we didn't get that. So 2021 has been a little bit more of a bumpy ride, but um it's given us a chance to kind of work out different strategies and kind of bring new people on and uh, try some different things out. So we're excited for 2022. We think it's going to be, you know, an amazing year. Um, and then on top of those two things that we do, we're also kind of creating a custody only solution uh, which will be applicable to Bitcoin only. So, you know, we'll maintain custody um, using a proprietary protocol that, you know, our cybersecurity specialists have designed to kind of maintain custody of larger Bitcoin portfolios for private investors. So those are like kind of the three main things under our belt right now. Yeah, that last one's, uh, so is that kind of like, a Bitcoin fund almost like people can just pull their investments and you guys control it. Right. Yeah. So the, so CFC Bitcoin fund is a pooled investment vehicle. So that's like, obviously, you know, whether you're a, we accept IRAs, we accept, you know, we have some businesses in the fund that, you know, wanted to allocate like um, working capital into Bitcoin to protect you know, the uh, kind of the purchasing power uh, of, of their capital since we have inflation at, you know, CPI is listing it at, you know, close to 7% year over year. It's probably more like 15, 20, 25% year over year. So obviously, you know, the purchasing power of the US dollar is decreasing. And if you're leaving money sitting in a bank account or a business bank account, you're not making anything on it. You're just losing money um, in the short term and especially the long term. So 
you know, we do have businesses uh, that have invested in CFC Bitcoin fund, but primarily we we focus it or market it towards, you know, our main demographic, which is like accredited retail investors who, you know, they may be they may be professionals in another field and they just don't have the time or resources to allocate into like researching and investing in Bitcoin and other digital assets. So those are our main main investors, our accredited retail investors who just kind of want to participate in the space, but they just aren't quite sure how to go about it. Yeah, that, that's super interesting. I mean, Bitcoin is blowing up and it has been for the past few years now. And there's so many different platforms, too, that just are trying to make that digital electronic token or something of their kind of coins or just assets. And people are trying to turn tangible assets now into Bitcoin and like back it by that. And I think that's crazy, like security tokens. But yeah, when you said um, spot Bitcoin, is that is that different from normal Bitcoin just for our viewers and listeners who don't know out there? Right. So when I say spot Bitcoin, I'm meaning like the actual underlying asset of Bitcoin, uh, because we now have, you know, we're now at the point in late 2021 where we have so many different Bitcoin related products. We have, you know, we have traditional equities that have allocated into the Bitcoin space that are considered like um a proxy for owning Bitcoin, whether that's Tesla or MicroStrategy, who owns, you know, over 100,000 Bitcoin on their balance sheet, um, or, you know, whether you're talking about like mining stocks that, that you know, are publicly traded uh, Bitcoin mining companies. So when I say spot, I'm just talking about the actual underlying asset. We don't do anything with the proxies like mining stocks or micro strategy or uh, anything that's related to digital assets in kind of a roundabout way. Um, you know, we also had in the U.S., we also had the, the approval of our first kind of futures uh, Bitcoin ETF this year. Uh, which again is not a spot Bitcoin ETF. It's it's kind of a derivative ETF based on bit, Bitcoin futures and options. Okay. Um, I know that there's a lot of talk in the space right now of kind of the desire to to have a spot Bitcoin ETF approved. Um, I don't think I don't think we're very close to that. I think the SEC is kind of pushing back on that narrative just because I think the potential for manipulation in the spot Bitcoin space is a little bit higher um, than some of the others. But nonetheless, I do think we see that probably sometime in the future here over the next couple of years. So I think that that will be good. But, um, you know, the more institutions that come in, the more the more institutional entities and, you know, hedge funds and Wall Street types that come into the Bitcoin space, um, the more prevalent, uh, you know, manipulation and other things like that become. So uh, especially with a market cap under a trillion dollars, and, and that's where Bitcoin is right now. It's only trading around 47 to $48,000 today. We've kind of dropped below that trillion dollar market cap floor that I think everybody was kind of hoping that we would maintain uh, throughout 2021. It didn't turn out 
uh, that didn't come to fruition. So I think we're, we're trying to find our footing right now as far as, you know, what is the floor of Bitcoin? Like, what is the fair market value and kind of where are we going to set a floor? And then kind of, you know, with all the uncertainty leading into 2022 with the Fed and the potential for quantitative tightening and rate raising and, um, you know, the bond purchase tapering, I think there's a lot of uncertainty leading into the new year. And I think add on to that regulatory uncertainty. So now everybody's just kind of waiting to see what happens. I think once we get those things cleared up, you know, the the second half of 2022 should be pretty good, but it's definitely going to be a different market. It is going to be uh, differently structured. And I think it's important, you know, anybody who's in this space to kind of take that into account and say, you know, how am I going to approach 2022 differently than I have in 2020 or 2021? Because it is it is going to be a different market moving forward. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, like you said, inflation and just there's so many different, I think, alternatives to actual Bitcoin that aren't necessarily as trusted. Like you can trust an NFT, but can you really? They're like getting pumped into the market like crazy and just people are very excited about it. But then sometimes that enters into the manipulation part of the market where people then try to get you back and forth. But no, I, I agree. I'm a huge fan of I mean, investing in some kind of Bitcoin or Ethereum and I mean, that that's a whole nother, you know, kind of rabbit hole. What you just said, NFTs and the different projects that have come about over the past year, like we saw 2021 was kind of the year of NFTs. And now we have, you know, essentially tens of thousands of projects uh, rotating through the Bitcoin space or the digital asset space. That sucks. That sucks liquidity and capital out of some of these blue chip digital assets like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, the ones that have been around and are established. Um, And like I said, we focus heavily, heavily on Bitcoin because we believe that it is, you know, uh, it is imperative to kind of getting us away from these legacy financial systems that have been um, kind of keeping people down for decades. So we believe Bitcoin is kind of the key to, you know, changing the status quo as relates to legacy financial systems and kind of um, global financial markets. But there's so many other projects out there right now and new people come into the space and they say, well, $50,000 for a Bitcoin, that's a lot. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll invest in this thing because it's only $1, you know, per token or something, or, I can own this NFT for $500 and hope that it goes up a hundred X in the next couple months. And I feel like, you know, you have to watch with that stuff because there's minimal liquidity to begin with. So, you know, as we head into this different kind of market structure, if we do approach some type of sustained bear market, I mean, a lot of that stuff, a lot of that stuff goes away. A lot of it goes to zero. A lot of those projects fail. A lot of them never produce any real utility and never accomplish their goals. So you have to be very careful. But I, but I do think we do start to see more capital rotate back in to Bitcoin, um, you know, as 2022 kind of opens up a little bit and we get we get some answers to some of these 
ambiguous questions that everybody has about, you know, the Fed and regulation and stuff like that. Yeah, I think one huge thing that's going to change the market, especially for NFTs or alternative sources um, of crypto and whatever else is just the regulation standpoint. I believe you guys at Cloudfire Capital are in the best like spot, likewise, to make capital, but also just to stay in the market and offer goods that have like tangible value and will actual liquidity to them rather than buying an NFT that may not turn into anything. I right. think that's a great point. But um, yeah, so that was a great store and very educational for anyone who doesn't really know too much about Bitcoin. And now they have a new investment possibility. So that's great. Um, so how have you kind of motivated yourself to get to where you are today, Adam? What made you start Cloudfire Capital? Um, I mean, I was always a real estate guy. Like I was always, you know, fairly heavy into real estate as far as like you know, uh, from an investment standpoint. Um, and I had always wanted to go out on my own. Um, so I worked for, you know, a few larger organizations, um, you know, in kind of the early 2010s to the mid 2010s, I got heavily involved with Bitcoin. Um, you know, I kind a little bit, maybe 2013, 14, but by 2015 and 16, I was heavily, heavily involved. And, um, you know, at that point, it was like, that drew my attention. I, I kind of wanted to get out of everything I was doing with real estate. And I, and I mean, I, I do still invest in real estate at this point. I do think it's important. And I do think it's important to kind of diversify and have something that is, uh, like you said, like a tangible investment that you can put your hands on. And, you know, we all know how well the real estate market has done this past year with all the all the capital that the Fed has, you know, kind of injected into the economy. So will will real estate prices remain that high? Probably not, not in the long term, anyways. Um, but you know, this really drew my attention, and I knew that Bitcoin was going to impact the current status quo. So I got heavily involved. Obviously, you know, a large portion of my net worth is in Bitcoin specifically. Um, and then, you know, once I kind of made that leap, that's when I kind of was like, you know, how can I how can I kind of go out on my own and also incorporate, you know, this investment class that I think is probably one of the most important things in our lifetime that will ever have been invented, uh, especially from a financial standpoint. So, you know, that that's the point where I was like, you know, this is what I want to do. I was interested in the mining aspect of it. We just started that this year, but the actual investment fund, we started structuring in, in probably early 2019, started seeding the fund. Obviously, it was a phenomenal time. We took advantage of the March 2020 crash across all markets. Mm -hmm. Um, late 2020 was kind of an up only atmosphere. Uh, early 2021 was great. And now we're kind of starting to come back to reality and see, but, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it and how everything came together. And now we're just trying to build on top of it and make, you know, cloud fire capital, uh, as robust as possible, um, 
within the Bitcoin space to offer kind of different products for different people. And everything takes time. It takes time to build every single different aspect of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of legal aspects that, you know, our attorneys deal with that are kind of uh, still fairly amb ambiguous um, from a regulatory standpoint. So we have to kind of go down those paths and see what works and what doesn't and, um, you know, what makes the most sense, what is financially feasible and what's not. Uh, but, you know, everything has gone, everything has gone really, really well. I think we have a, we have a great, group of people uh, as far as our investors and LPs are concerned that are a phenomenal bunch. Like we're, we really lucked out uh, as far as who our investors are. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to kind of seed and start the company and the fund without any like VC backing. We pretty much bootstrapped it from the ground up and built it. Um, so, so we didn't have to dilute, you know, the equity in the company. So I feel like heading into 2022, we're in a really, really, really fortunate and good position where we can continue building. We can continue rotating capital back into the business and kind of, you know, adding on to it as we go. And like, like I said, everything takes time, but, you know, I think we're going to really kind of accomplish some big goals in 2022. So I'm pretty excited about that. And yeah, I mean, that's amazing. And the fact that there's really not a structure for businesses, like a normal, like real estate fund, for example, like that's been done time and time again, but this is something that's brand new to the market and adding a different layer. And I think that's just awesome how you guys just kept it so close knit too, and tried to keep the equity within the company instead of mm -hmm. trying to dilute it. Like you said, I mean, that's, that's amazing that you were able to do that and you're seeing success already. And much more in the future i'm sure so that's that's yeah good. but hopefully um, hopefully everything hopefully everything i mean obviously it's never nothing ever goes like exactly as planned but you know we continue to evolve uh you know with the environment the market the market structure and just continue kind of uh you know, moving forward and, and, you know, we're certainly making progress and we're certainly kind of, you know, accomplishing these goals that we're setting for. So, you know, I think it's just the perseverance aspect, obviously in any, in any job or startup is like the main thing. It's always, you know, how much energy do you have and how long can you keep going and can you outwork everybody else who's kind of doing the same thing or wanting to do the same thing as you are? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And um, yeah, I know this is such a, a large kind of concept of business. There's people in place and structures, but uh, just kind of jumping back into the questions that I have for you. Um, how do you yeah. keep yourself um, individually focused like throughout the day, throughout the work week? Like, do you have any day-to-day -day habits or routines that you like to keep in place to make sure you're on your best <laughs> at all so times? Yeah, I mean, right now, I think where we are, I think about other other successful kind of business owners. And I think about what I learned, you know, when I worked for both like I've worked for larger global organizations and I've worked for more kind of local, smaller, regional organizations that, you know, I watched them build and grow. So I've kind of tried to take all the lessons I've learned there and incorporate them into our repertoire. Um, and then I think 
where I need help, where I know like I'm not real good, maybe at this aspect, I've tried to delegate that, you know, and, and bring in somebody. I have other, you know, a few other partners who have been phenomenal. Uh, my partner, Tafik is, you know, he comes from traditional finance, uh, you know, worked for a few different banks. He has, you know, been amazing as far as kind of, uh, helping me integrate aspects of traditional finance into what we do, uh, but kind of an improved, an improved, uh, you know, aspect of those things. And then, um, you know, I have another partner on the West coast and she's phenomenal with investors and kind of, you know, touching base with people and sending people our way and just, um, you know, she's phenomenal for counsel. She's been involved with other funds and, you know, so she's been great. And then obviously we have a lot of consultants that we use. We just brought a new consultant on uh, who will start with us in January, who has already been down this road, who has kind of developed and designed and built um, a crypto related company. And I say crypto because they weren't as Bitcoin focused as kind of we are, but went down that and then sold that company. So, you know, being <laughs> surrounded by like those types of people is obviously inspiring to me to keep like moving forward as aggressively as possible. But I think the main thing is our investors. Like my, my focus is our investors are the most important thing because without them, we don't exist. So they're the most important aspect of what we do. And everything that we do is with them in mind. So, you know, when we're uh, adjusting strategies and trying new things and seeing what works and what doesn't work and testing market, it's always with them in mind. And, you know, I tell everybody, this isn't a get rich quick thing. Like you're not going to make a million dollars overnight, but if you give a few years, if you give it 24 months, 36 months, like the returns will be significant. I've been here. I've done it for you know quite a few years at this point. I've turned a little into a lot and I know what the market is capable of and I what we're capable of, but you do have to be somewhat patient and understanding that this short-term volatility in the market uh, is the price you pay you know, for the outsized returns that you get. I think people, people over overestimate what they can accomplish in like one year, but then they underestimate what they can accomplish in like five years. So I feel like if you kind of take that into account, somewhere right in the middle, there's a sweet spot. You can really, you can really do some amazing things in a really short amount of time. So um, yeah, I mean, my partners, investors, and then just continuing to build and, and learn new things because I'm still learning new things every single day at this point. So, I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, th I think everyone has something to learn at least once a day, there's always something you can learn from. And I think the points when you reach the, when you reach the point that you think you're done growing or learning is that's kind of when you need a wake up call and realize you don't know everything. So I think it's yeah, very, we don't, we don't know everything. I know that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's always places to learn. I mean, I learned a lot today just from this conversation, but yeah, I mean, kind of going into that. So what's one kind of um, habit that you might take into the weekends then, or do you usually separate, the work week and the weekends, do you kind of find that time for yourself or do you just find your, yourself always working, always on the grindstone? The last couple of years, it has been nonstop. I mean, the 
our market is it operates 24 7 all all day all night all time zones all holidays so there is no real stop uh so the last few years has been non-stop and i know you know that some of my um people that we work with and my partners have said hey you know make sure you're kind of unplugging for a little bit and and chilling out and kind of stepping back so you can you know just kind of keep your sanity and i think there is a time for that early on i knew going into this that i was going to have to make sacrifices i was going to have to sacrifice um you know a financial certainty i was going to have to sacrifice time with friends and family uh family more important you know most importantly um that that just had to happen and that was something i was prepared to do and i'm still doing those things um but at this point i am trying to you know a, a couple times a week for a few hours i'm trying to step back and do something like you know whether that's family related or something with myself but i'm trying to kind of learn to you know delegate a little bit more step back a little bit more and kind of just unplug for a little bit i'm pretty good about you know i i do work a lot you know some days it's like all day like 24 hours a day or some nights if there's a lot of volatility in the markets and there's craziness going on you know i may be up all night uh and just not sleep because we have to stay on top of what's happening in the markets but I am pretty good about, you know, when that time is over and, and I'm kind of back with my family, like I'm pretty good about detaching from that and leaving that, you know, at my desk and then, you know, just kind of spending time with them. Because I think in the end, I mean, the most important thing is, is obviously family and, and your health. And without those two things, none of these other, none of this other stuff matters. So I try to always keep that, you know, at the forefront of my mind, but it is, it's, it's a grind. It's tough. It is way more than 40 hours a week. Um, And like I said, some days it's all day, but I enjoy what we do and I like building. And I think we've built something original and different and new. And I think, you know, if we keep it up and we keep the excitement and momentum going, like it can really do great things, you know, even inside of this year, I think we can do really great things. And I think we'll hit some good, some really great goals. So I try to keep all of that in mind, but that's, that, that probably sums it up for the most part. Yeah. I mean, no, that was a great summary too. And I think, yeah, most business owners, especially in their first few years, like, and when it's strapped to such volatility in the market right now, where we are at today, it's it's going to take more hours and more time commitment in that sense. And yeah, just being a business owner always usually takes more time because it always comes back to every employee is your employee. Like they represent you. So every decision that is made, like you probably want to be involved in. So I think it's, it's really important that you're there during those times, but then also that you try to find those times for family and friends and just to understand that that's, work isn't your entire life, but it's, it's very important, just like your family is too. And you do recognize that and appreciate that. So I think that's, that's awesome. Cause mo- some people don't. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's a tough, you know, it's a tough thing to, 
to differentiate sometimes, especially when you're so engrossed in kind of what's going on. Yeah. And just to take that step back and kind of see what you've accomplished too. Like when you're with your family, it also kind of sets in your mind, maybe that you have come this far, you can take some of this time off now. Like you don't have to be on top of it all the time because you put so many good things in place and people in place that have your back now too, that it's, yeah, I only see exponential growth for Cloudfire Capital. <laughs> Based on your work ethic, I definitely only see exponential growth. Well, but yeah, so thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I just have one more question for you, just mm-hmm. a little fun thing that I like to ask. Um, so what's your favorite song or podcast that you might be listening to this weekend that will keep you motivated or make you relax or whatever your goal is? Oh, geez, that's a tough one. Um <laughs> song so I feel like when I'm alone and I'm kind of working on like charting or technicals or something I'm listening to for some reason lately I've been listening to a Skylit Drive you know like kind of like um they're kind of like post-punk post-emo like hardcore like screamo (laughs) you know what I mean so that's been kind of keeping me calm while I'm like work by myself you know what I mean like working um but for some reason that's been playing a lot on my computer as I work so I don't this is the first time I thought about it because you asked me really (laughs) what's that someone's screaming in your ear is what's calming you down <laughs> just kind of getting yeah. your frustrations out maybe instead of you having to I mean that's that's just my kind of music so mm-hmm. like Blink 182 kind of like you know that era so so a Skylet Drive yeah they kind of that music keeps me pretty calm while I'm working for yeah ironically um from a podcast standpoint I'll be honest with you. I don't watch too many different podcasts. I will watch, I'll watch um, Dream Chasers when, when that pops up in my email. And then, you know, from time to time, I'll watch like the Real Vision podcast or, you know, maybe Chamath's podcast. But for the most part, I don't follow any real closely. I used to watch the Joe Rogan experience a lot, but I haven't even, since he moved to Spotify and all that stuff happened, I've been like, uh, I don't want to deal with it. So for the most part, I don't watch, um, I will watch yours. I will watch Adam's, um, you know, but for the most part, there's not anything that I really, if I'm watching something on YouTube, it's usually like an old clip from like, the Sopranos or something just because it's relaxing, but it's not like anything real. Like I've, I've gone down that road where I watched, you know, hundreds of hours of podcasts. And I feel like at the we're, the point we're at now is we're trying to like, or we are building on our own. So I'm not so much, you know, looking for the information there, but I, I do still keep up, you know, periodically with like various podcasts and stuff. So yeah. Well, I love your song suggestion or what you're blasting because on my Spotify queue right now is just quote unquote my emo phase, which is Blink 182, my chemical romance, <laughs> like Panic yep. Disco, Fall Out Boy, all those. So I, I love that. I love the the connection there. That's that's awesome. Um and What's the best way, Adam, just for any listeners out there who want to connect with you, what's the best way that they can do that? 
yeah, our website has all of our Nessus, you know, applicable information on it. It's just cloudfirecapital.com. Um, you know, our uh, investor email addresses are on it. There's a, you know, submission form if you're interested in, you know, getting additional information. So that's probably the easiest thing to do. Just visit cloudfirecapital.com. Okay, great. Well, thank you again so much, Adam. It's been a great time talking with you and uh, I wish Cloudfire Capital the best in the future and I'm sure you guys have big and bright things ahead. I can already see it with the amount of work and time that you put into this. It's, it's really great. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and that's TJF with Courtney. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you.